0: I mean, you can't effectively communicate your why without a good brand message. Right. You know, like you can't become, inspire brand loyalty unless you are effectively getting your message to your audience about who you are, what you stand for, and you're walking the walk, you know? Right. And so that loyalty, that brand equity is worth in dollars, like cold hard cash, look at Mm Coca-Cola, you know, like most of what their company is worth is solely based on their brand equity, nothing else, just the awareness of the branding in general.
1: Welcome to Delivering Extra, a podcast dedicated to setting your brand apart. Here we talk with industry experts on building brands, growing teams, and positioning companies toward the remarkable. I'm your host, David Ezel, and I'm the founder of The Lanyap Group, a branding and marketing agency for high growth companies. We creatively and strategically craft brands that attract the spotlight.
0: And I'm Nicole PanicGirl, graphic designer and co-host.
1: To learn more about working with us, head to thelanyapgroup.com to schedule a free console. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Delivering Extra podcast. Today we have Alexa Carlin. Alexa is a nationally renowned public speaker, as well as the founder and CEO of Women Empower X, the largest event for female entrepreneurs on the East Coast. Alexa, thank you so much for taking the time today to join us.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. So um, you and I have met a few times before, just kind of in different capacities when you've actually pitched Women Empower X with Founders Live and things like that. So, I've kind of had the privilege, Nicole and I both, kind of to kind of follow in your journey, especially here recently. But for those who don't know about you and haven't maybe yet heard about Women in Power X, tell us a little bit more about it.
2: Yeah. So, Women in Power X, I started this company in 2016 after seeing a need in the community for diverse women of different backgrounds, ages, industries to connect and collaborate. Um, as a public speaker, I noticed that it was very much uh, niched out. Uh, I would be speaking to just millennials or just women further along in their career or just women part of the tech sector or whatever that may be. And I know that in order for real change to occur, we have to connect and collaborate. And that was kind of the inspiration behind WEX. And I ran with the idea. And since 2016, we've hosted six events um, annually per city. So we host them in Fort Lauderdale was our first event in fall of 2016. Then I took it to D.C., Um, in the spring of 2017. And since then, it's become an annual event in both of those cities. And now in 2019, we're expanding to a third city, um, which will be Raleigh, North Carolina, coming up in October of this year.
1: So, and I I know you guys just wrapped the one in DC, like, what, a week and a half ago. So so what was that one like? Was it you know, kind of what you expected. I know that this was kind of your second or third one there. So was it what you expected? Or I mean, like, what are some of your initial takeaways just since it's still so fresh?
2: Yeah, so we hosted it like, yeah, last week and it... It always goes above and beyond my expectations because it really is such a community-driven event. And every year, this was our third year in D.C., I'm just so amazed by the number of women who attend our event and who have attended in the past and then tell five friends about it. And then those five friends come. And it's just this incredible energy um, at this past event there was people there from 9.30 a.m. when registration opened all the way until after 5 p.m. going to every session possible, exploring the marketplace, networking, connecting, and this collective energy. It's really just so incredible what can happen when women come together with the purpose of really authentically connecting. And so, what I heard the most at this past event with people coming up to me is thanking me and my team for bringing diverse women together, for creating a platform where women feel like they're not alone, where you feel like you can be vulnerable and be yourself and still be inspirational and successful and all of the things that you want to be. And that's really what has Created this movement. I would say this this wex nation movement um, The community is now like calling themselves as the wex nation um, but really it's just about women coming together for Really the purpose of being vulnerable authentic sharing not just what you do But who you are and going full force after everything you want in life and having that community of support behind you
1: Absolutely, and, and that's so important um, so who are some of the target audience for it? Is there a certain age? Is there a certain place, place in their career? Is it somebody just getting started? Is it more seasoned? maybe a mix of both?
2: So our main target is it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have, there's no age, um, because we really attract from team preneurs. We had like a whole team preneur expo activation inside our marketplace to women who are looking to reinvent themselves and maybe empty nesters and now looking to like really turn their passion project into a full-time career or angel investors and VCs. So we really, Um, have a broad range regarding age. Um, Obviously, target demographic is women who are entrepreneurs, creatives, go-getters, executives, leaders, really any woman who has a dream, a goal, a passion, and wants to turn that idea um, into a reality. That, I would say, is our main target.
0: I'm just curious, have you heard of success stories from women who have come together specifically at these expos and created sort of a new... Business or idea that they've collaborated on?
2: Definitely. So, um, we have this th- so many amazing testimonials. One um, was this woman who's come to two events in Fort Lauderdale and one event in DC. So now we're having like, people travel with with us, which is awesome. And after coming to two events, she finally. Found that that community and courage to uh, register her business. It was just a blog. It was just an idea, and she saw, wow, other women are doing it. Maybe I can too. She met her business partners at Wex, and she, you know, registered it as an LLC. Another story is this woman. Um, she was really struggling with a dark moment in her life, and again, I only share this with the the blessing of the person sharing it. Um, I'm very, you know, if people share their stories with me, I don't ever share that publicly unless they, they allow me to. Um, but this person, she shared it with, um, uh, through a video testimonial where she was going through a very hard time trying to overcome an experience she had, you know, like the me too, uh, type of experience. And Her friend was like, just come with me to this event. It's on a Saturday. You know, it'll be fun. And she was like, no, I don't want to go. This is nothing like she would have the motivation to go to. But her boyfriend at the time really had a deep talk with her. Like, you got to get off the couch. You got to, you know, pick up yourself and and go, you know, try to turn your life around. And so she went to this event. It was WEX in um, 2017 in Fort Lauderdale. And she saw the different sessions, and one session really stood out to her. It was called Write Your Book, Change the World. And the speaker said, What is the story? that you wish you could have read when you were going through your challenging times. And that's exactly what she needed to hear. She went back home with so much motivation, started writing her book that Sunday, didn't stop. A year later, she met me in person, shared the story with me. And then she came back to WEX in 2018. And I introduced her to a publishing company. And now she's in the works to get that book published. That's amazing. I love that. Those are the stories. I mean, the, people always say, "What are you driven by? What are you? How do you stay motivated?" Because I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of up and ups and downs. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm still growing this company with a very, very small team for the size that it's growing to. But it's the community. I mean, it's those stories that help me feel motivated. During the days where it's not the easiest, but it really is um, such a powerful thing, um, community. It, it really, I believe that community fuels empowerment. And when you feel supported, you feel empowered to really do anything and, and go into that, that unknown state. And uh, even if you're scared to do it anyway.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And so you said that you guys started in 2016, so you're about three years in now. So let's go back a bit. What is, what's some of the background on how WEX became what it is and in your mind what it's going to be? Where did that start?
2: So I was doing small events, very, very small through a blog that I started in college. It was kind of just under this blog's name. And the reason that I started doing events was never because I wanted to be in hospitality or the meetings industry. It was because I wanted to be a public speaker. I wanted to share my story and nobody gave me the opportunity to publicly speak. I would pitch I pitched over 60 local organizations, and these were not big conferences like WEX. It was little luncheons where 10 to 15 women would come, have lunch, and a speaker would come and and talk. And I would just be saying, like, I have this inspiring story um, about this near-death experience that I had when I was in college. Here's the lessons I've learned. I'm still struggling with a health challenge and really trying to inspire people that Your life doesn't have to be perfect in order to do the things you love to do. And how can we shift our perspective to understand that things happen for you and to really turn obstacles into opportunities? But nobody gave me a shot. Nobody knew who I was. I was very young and I was like, well, if nobody's giving me the opportunity to publicly speak, how can I possibly be a public speaker? But that's when that burning passion inside of me was still lit up, you know, day in and day out. I still really felt that this was my purpose to help people through sharing what I've been through. And so that's when I decided I'm going to start my own meetup group. So I went on meetup.com, started a meetup group, put on my first event, got a co-working space to give me this classroom for free. And I brought out three of my friends who were also bloggers at the time to help like bring about some type of audience. My first event had five people and I was so excited to inspire five people because it's always been my mission to make a difference in at least one person's life every single day. But then the next event had 15 people. The next event had 25 people. next event had 50 people. And then all of a sudden people in my audience, they hosted their own local events. And now they saw me speak and they said, do you want to speak at my event? And it became this momentum. And I I truly believe if anyone's listening that wants to be a public speaker, momentum is key. It really is about just getting started and then continuing because that's how you get noticed. That's how you get seen. That's how you build your career as a speaker. And so- I was doing this, speaking for free anywhere and everywhere possible, until I got my first paid gig, which I found off Twitter. Um, it was only like a couple hundred bucks plus hotel, and I was like, "Yes, this is amazing! I'm getting paid to speak," <laughs> and um, and it grew from there. And that, and then through these small events, and again, like speaking, that's when um, I had a friend who was doing expos at the convention center for the yoga community. And he's like, have you ever thought about doing what you're doing now on a bigger scale? And I was like, yeah, but I, I never thought I was ready for that, let alone think that I could book out the convention center. And I don't know. It was just something like, when am I ever going to be ready? And I took some savings, put a down payment on the convention center and ran with the idea. And that's how it kind of all came about.
1: What were your, what were you feeling after that, the very first event, the one that had five people, when you went on meetup, you made the, the actual event and you had the five people. I mean, what was what was that first experience like even if it's just the first second where you're walking in front of those five people and it's it's kind of it's kind of that dipping the toe in the water thing it's like hey this is this is really going forward you know you're really doing it
2: I was so nervous. I literally, I have a video of it. (laughs) Maybe I'll share one day. I'm bright red (laughs) in front of people. I was bright, bright red. And I was just so terrified and nervous because again, like you have to start somewhere, but after it, and even with all my nerves and not you know, messing up whatever speech I prepared, which I did. And, you know, not, not doing it like how, I mean, I would look back and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. But it was this moment where I felt in my place. I felt like this is where I belonged. Um, I used to work in corporate America where after college, I'm, Got a job working at InStyle magazine. It was everything I thought I wanted—a top fashion magazine, working in marketing, like in New York City. It was just like this was always my dream. But I was—I had a cubicle desk and. I just never felt like this was what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't feel in alignment. And regardless if there was one person in my audience, five people or 5,000 people, I felt so much in alignment. And I think that was a huge key to thinking, okay, I have to keep going at this. And this is something that's lighting me up.
0: It's an interesting point to make too, that when you started... You were bright red, you were super nervous, you messed up. But I like any craft, even learning how to be a good designer, my stuff from 15 years ago is something I wouldn't even show anybody anymore. But I remember there was a really good, interesting talk about the only way to get better and so that your vision or your sense of style like matches your output is to continue to iterate to continue to put out content or, you know, just keep creating until it finally matches up with your taste level or your expertise. Like the, you have to be prolific. And it's like, it's that, that momentum that you're talking about that you have to keep doing these events in order to get to where you are now. And that you may not have just been born an amazing speaker who figured it all out from the beginning, but.
2: Yeah, I mean they say you an average 10,000 hours it takes to master something. Uh I mean that's years. That's years. My mom always said it's takes 10 years. And again, that's not like a finite number, but what it it just it just really taught me that you have to start somewhere and you're not going to be the best right out of the gate um, mm-hmm. but if you wait and wait and wait until you feel you are ready one you're never gonna feel you're ready but two right. those 10,000 hours they're still there <laughs> you're still right. gonna it doesn't matter how much you sit in front of the computer and do your research and everything you got you have to just implement learn change it implement learn change it and, and just continue that because that's the only way that you're really going to one discover yourself and two get better I mean if I waited till I felt like I was ready to move to New York City alone and work in fashion, then I would be that much more behind on finding my my real purpose.
0: I don't know. I just find so many parallels because David and I have also talked about uh, it's so common to l- see job listings for people who are programmers and designers. Like they were looking for the same person. But the people that I know that are the best programmers have been honing that craft for fifteen years or like me as a designer and where I'm at now or anybody that I know that's an amazing designer, they've been honing that craft specifically. So I think it's also like owning what it is that you do really, really well and not trying to stretch yourself so thin in order to really excel and become the expert at it.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, I, in the, in the beginning of Wex, I was doing a lot of things. I was trying to figure out what to focus on because you only have so many hours in the day. You only have so much energy to give, to give to yourself, to give to your work. And so, with that, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna focus on my top things I'm passionate about. And I remember I wrote down on this whiteboard like, uh, write my book, grow my public speaking career, grow Woman in Power X, um, and start online programs and trainings. And I looked at these four things and like all four of these are full-time jobs, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) over 80 hours a week, each one of them. And so then I was like, okay, this is not going to work, Alexa. (laughs) You have to focus. And, And so I think we as passionate people, we have a lot of different things we're passionate about. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes it's hard to figure out which route to go. And then you're like, hmm, I don't know. I don't want to pick the wrong route. I don't want to waste time doing this when I could be doing that. Or I want my. I want all of this right now. But I like to think of the, the domino theory where I, I took a step back and I was like, okay, I can achieve all of these things. But Maybe I can't achieve it all at the same time. And so I thought about okay, what's the biggest domino that will help knock down the rest of these dominoes? Right. What's the biggest thing that will help me achieve everything else? And I saw it to be wax because wax was something that was needed. I was super passionate about. And I it was already in motion and I had a strong belief that. The world needed it, and I needed it. I needed to grow this community. And again, think about when I started this in 2016. That was before Me Too movement, before Time's Up movement, before Trump was in office, and before the Women's March. So it was very much in alignment at the right time um, of when when I started WEX. But again, I didn't know any of this was going to happen. And so I decided, let me give everything to WEX. And because of that, my platform grew. I started getting more speaking engagements because people saw what I was doing. Um, I was able to, you know, continue to grow the other things down the road. Um, And so it's kind of looking at the big picture of everything that you want to achieve and thinking what's going to help you. I mean, if I started, if I wrote my book and tried to get an agent a long time ago, um, it would have been much harder than when I'm writing my book now and going out there to try to get an agent. It's still going to be difficult, but now at least I have a platform and an audience to help sell it. Same with like, um, selling online programs or trainings you know, it's going to be a little bit easier now that I have this credibility of what I've already achieved. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something important, especially for on, like entrepreneurs, because we have so many ideas. I write down every idea because you never know, you could come back to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great takeaway. And it's, it's funny, you said that you had kind of those four big overarching things, which in and of themselves could be full-time positions. But you're trying to kind of do them all at the same time, or at least they're in your mind all at the same time right now. I mean, that's literally right now on my wall. Anybody that knows me knows that I use a dry erase marker and write on every possible surface I can everywhere, like all over our house. I mean, my wife gets onto to me all the time. Like every bathroom mirror is covered in dry erase notes everywhere. And and the ones that I have in the office now are really the same things. It's four different things and they're kind of laid out in order of when they could possibly be achieved or which one is closest on the horizon. And I've been honestly struggling with that the past several weeks because you kind of want them all now or at least in some semblance of now. But that's a great idea. And that's that's, I really love what you said about having kind of that domino effect, which one can you put the maximum energy into that can help set up or help knock down the other ones a little bit easier.
2: Right. And then you don't feel so bad, like you're not working on these other dreams because you can perceive it as everything's in motion.
1: Yeah. Right. That's
2: every, yeah, everything's in motion because you have a plan of action and you're working on that plan. And so it doesn't have to think like, oh, I'm putting this dream in a journal on my bookshelf for later. No, you're, you're very much working on making that happen. These are the steps before being able to do that.
1: I love that. I was even mentally kind of going through and trying to allot each one a certain number of hours during the week so that it didn't feel like I was neglecting one. And then that would keep me up at night so i love right exactly
2: you're You're exactly like me (laughs) (laughs) i do get stuck at night like oh my god i should be doing all this but again you just have to like catch yourself in the act because those thoughts are going to come up regardless and that's okay but the idea is to notice them and take a step back and perceive it as everything's working out in your favor you're in the flow of it but if you think about it the best people like the people who are best at what they do they go all in on that thing, and so you, you have to do that. Right. Um, and, and I always go back to even like Oprah Winfrey. Like she didn't just come out of the gate and like I'm gonna own a network and have all these best selling books and have all these different TV shows. No, she started as a news anchor, and then she got her own talk show, and then she got uh, you know the color purple, and then she got her national talk show, and it 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 all happened for her, but just maybe not at the same time. But everything was in motion to get her to where she's, she is today.
1: Yeah, that and that that's such a great way just to kind of reframe the way you look at it because you know I think especially from the creative side whether it's designers or whoever or just entrepreneurs in general like you said you have a lot of different ideas you're writing things down if if something presents to where it could be a possible idea something you want to go for you don't want to let it lose steam because then you feel like you've kind of missed out on it but if you can kind of reprogram your mind a little bit just to know that it's in motion just maybe not in you know June of 2019 but you're thinking you're thinking far enough out to where those kind of things are actually gonna take place
2: yeah hundred percent I mean I I think everything comes down to a shift in perspective I mean you can view Like life is against you or for you. You can view that things, everything's wrong or you're so grateful for everything that is right. I mean, in your career and personal life, everything comes down to how you
1: perceive the world. Yeah, that's that's a great, I love that.
2: There's an interesting
0: talk too right now that's going around. I feel like a lot of people are running with it. Uh, There was a neuroscientist that spoke at the 99U conference and she was just talking about how multitasking isn't a thing, that we aren't built to be successful multitaskers. And so like throughout the day, she suggests these 90-minute sprints and then giving your brain time to rest for 20 minutes by either taking a walk and getting vitamin D or looking at something green or shutting your eyes. And it's just interesting hearing this conversation in terms of more like years at a time you could almost apply it in the same way like this is your year to focus on this sprint and then maybe step back and let something else come in that is a product of that but it feels like that same strategy could be applied you know that I think it's always like this thought that you're going to miss opportunities if you say no to things or if you don't try to do everything at once but the reality is to be really successful, you have to have that focus.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've read different things about that and you know, it's hard in today's world when you get a notification here and then you get an email here and it's like, how do you not multitask? But it's true, I mean, I do my best work when I'm just all in on one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something to be said about um, the, the long-term plan, I mean, if we're always looking at what the opportunity is today, then we're going to feel very overwhelmed. I feel like there's a big problem in society, especially because of the digital world we live in. We're always feeling like we are behind because we're looking at everyone else's journey. And I've, I mean, I do that all the time. I catch myself feeling like, oh my God, I'm so behind on the podcast game or I'm so behind on cryptocurrency or investing in esports, or whatever it may be. But if I look back on my entire like entrepreneurial journey and talking more about the business side, I've had so many ideas where it's like, oh, I have to start this app when like, um, Uh, dating apps were really big or I have to, whatever it was. And I had all these ideas. I spent so much money on domain names, (laughs) but like all these different domain names. And at the end of the day, like I ran with that idea for two weeks because I felt like I was behind on a certain trend or I needed to be ahead of this certain trend, but that journey didn't belong to me. And that's what I always come back to thinking like, I'm not behind on anything because everybody's journey is unique to them. And while like you may think that you need to be doing something because of society or because you wanted it when you were really young or whatever that may be, and it doesn't feel right, you have to tap into your feelings and your intuition. You really do. Um, if it doesn't feel right, then you need to take a step back and remember that just because... Y- y- you thought you wanted it, maybe that dream doesn't belong to you. And it's just not feeling right and good because it's trying to push you down the path towards alignment of what is right and what is your purpose. Um, I mean, I believe this full, like wholeheartedly because I experienced it when I was in New York City. One time I was walking through Times Square. I thought this was the place I wanted to be. I thought fashion was my dream. And I just look around and I just thought this dream doesn't belong to me. Even though I wanted it so badly, and it was this moment that I actually listened to that intuitive whisper, and um, and really did something about it, and that's what led me to where I am today. Is that that change?
1: Yeah, that's that's great. You know, I mean, that's even what my business coach said in our very first meeting. It was understanding what not only what your your goals are for now, but also in the future. And getting really, really crystal clear on what that looks like so that as you're heading toward that bigger thing, even if it's five, 10 years down the road, as you're heading there, if other things start to pop up, other opportunities that could pull you in one way or another, you still have that overarching thing that you're headed toward. Does that thing also align with where you're going, kind of going back to your domino effect type analogy, or does it really kind of, you know, divert you to somewhere else that, maybe isn't what you want to be doing. So yeah, I mean, I, I love, you know, just kind of that the whole thought process and mindset shift, like you mentioned.
2: Yeah. I mean, since WEX has grown so quickly in just three years, I've had to learn really quickly how to say no to a lot of things. I get a lot of opportunities like coming at me, which, um, it's, Amazing! Like I'm so grateful for every opportunity, but I can't possibly do them all. And I've had to learn to continue to, with every opportunity that comes my way, whether it's me meeting someone and them like, you know, saying this amazing opportunity that's going to take a lot of time but could be really great. To an emails that come in or different collaborations, whatever that may be. I've had to really train my mind to stop, reflect, and think about what do I really want. And that's where it comes down to a personal level because I know, I mean, since I'm 17, I've always been on like the social entrepreneurship journey. Every single business I've ever started has been with the mission to make a difference. So that's ingrained in who I am. And that's everything that I'm always going to focus on is that intent. So I don't need to question if I'm doing enough or like question if this will serve my community more, because I know regardless of what I do, I'm going to make an impact because that's always my intention. But it then has to come down to what do you want? Because ultimately you're the person needs to wake up earlier, um, sacrifice more, go to sleep later. You know, really, if you want your dreams to come true, you have to want it in almost like a sacrificial way because you have to sacrifice so much to make it happen. So at the end of the day, you have to want it so badly. And that's what I question before, like for every opportunity, is what do I ultimately want? Because if it's just a good opportunity on the surface and it's not like deep in my long-term plan of what I feel I want in life, then it's not going to be the result that it should be. Right.
1: Really well said. And speaking to that, thank you again for allowing us to re-interview you. Um, For those who don't know, we did this podcast, I guess, a what, two months ago now, but yours truly forgot to hit record whenever we were recording. So again, I know your time is super valuable and thank you again for the opportunity to to let us talk more with you today.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) So a little while ago, you mentioned that with Wex's growth, you guys are doing it kind of with a smaller team. So talk to us a little bit more about what that team looks like when you were starting and going from that five person, first event from meetup.com, and of course now you know, you're in hotel ballrooms and all of these other bigger venues, what was that tipping point where you said, look, I'm, I can't handle the website and the marketing and the strategy and everything myself, I'm gonna have to bring people on. I mean, how, what, what did that look like? How did you know who you needed first and where you needed them to focus their energy?
2: Yeah, I mean, we went straight to convention centers. Um, so it was always kind of like bigger than myself. <laughs> and it was it, it's hard to say. So the journey towards hiring people and delegation is definitely a tipping point as an entrepreneur. It's very difficult. And it's something I'm still learning. I'm not gonna pretend like I know all the answers, but in the beginning I had a partner and then after the partnership didn't work out, um, just in the sense of, I was way more passionate than this person was. And I did 95% of the work <laughs> and it was just like, it, we ended on really good terms, but I bought him out. Um, so it became a hundred percent my own company right after the first event. And I already booked DC Convention Center and I was terrified because DC is a whole different ballgame. I mean, it was the same place, the same venue that the president gets inaugurated in. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like how am I going to do this without losing so much money? And how am I going to do it all alone? And I put out um, just um, like Uh, an ad for interns and I got people to respond and this intern came on and then she grew with the company and I had some sales, um, people on staff, like on commission that helped with different sales. And it was kind of just this organic growth. I also utilized my community. I had friends that I, that helped me out. My mom helped me. So it's kind of just like using what you have and going with it. Like again, you're not going to know all the answers and you're not going to have all the resources that you'd like. Um, We, so that's why I say, like, you know, WEX has grown really from the community because it's the community that helps us with marketing. We don't have a huge marketing budget. Um, the community helps us with do, volunteering at the event, um, helping us through social media, all of that. So um, definitely the first couple events were very difficult. Um, I And really even to today because we're growing and we still have a small team. But I would say this past year has been a huge... Um, hump that I've started to get to that next level regarding growing a business, because now I have more contractors on on my team. I have a director of operations and sales. Um, I have different, uh, assistants and coordinators. So, uh, it's not, it's, it's getting to the point where, okay, now I have people I can trust to do the job correctly. Um, and again, it's not like I'm looking for perfection. It's just when it's your baby, it's difficult to just be like, here, go with this when, especially when like an event is not inexpensive and also, um, everything ends up riding on your shoulders. If something doesn't happen, if something doesn't get shipped or printed on time, if um, whatever it may be. I mean, there's so many things. If anyone's done an event before, there's so many logistics. Something doesn't happen, it's on me. Um, And it's my reputation on the line as well. So that's where it becomes very, very difficult and very stressful. But. At the end of the day, I know I can only do so much, and I need a team around me that supports me, believes in my mission in order to grow and so it's kind of just i i don't I look more for the personality I look for the passion in someone to have them become part of my team because you can learn really anything nowadays like nowadays you could just go on Google and Google anything so It's more that that person and that culture sense of, do you believe in what we're doing? Are you going to work hard because you care about the impact we're making? And that's the person that I'm looking to bring onto my team.
0: That's funny. My husband always said the exact same thing. He used to work for a corporation in logistics and did a lot of recruiting and hiring. And he always cared far more about the personality, the coachability, you know, that they could learn anything to do with the actual job itself, but how will they fit into the culture and the team and the atmosphere? And so is your team remote or are they the majority of them where you are and you guys are working together?
2: Um, my team is all virtual. So we're all over the country. We have, um, my, um, main director of operations and sales is in Los Angeles. So just kind of bi-coastal also in Florida. Um, and then I have our creative director in, in Idaho. Um, and I have our scheduling and a communications coordinator in Raleigh, which she's new to the team because I definitely want a few people local to where I am. Um, it helps having that face to face with, uh, especially growing this new market, but we work virtually. So it's not like we even see each other that much. Um, also I travel so much as a public speaker. I mean, earlier this year I was on a 14 city speaking tour, Right. so it doesn't really matter so much that, um, we're all in the same place because I'm always around the country. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, Weird. Like some people don't understand how it works with a virtual team. And I think that's obviously changing, but it's so important to have systems in place and communication systems. And that's something I'm learning and growing with as well, because in order to make a business sustainable and also not be the middle woman uh, in between all of your team members, you have to set the right systems and communication in place so everyone can work together regardless of where you're located. Can you speak to that like
0: specifically a little bit more about what systems you're using or what programs you use to kind of foster that communication, collaboration, culture, even though you guys aren't all together?
2: Yeah. So we... um one of the main things that we put in place was Asana, which is like Trello or Monday. Um, it's a project management s- software. It's free. So it's not, again, like y- there's so many tools and resources out there. People think like, oh, I don't have the funds. Like Asana is free. Um, and we use still the free version, <laughs> so that has been game changer just because we have so many different projects we 're working on regarding like different cities, different sponsors we work with content creation, marketing, and so this helps all of our team um, go to one place for everything and communicate from there because you can tag people, you can assign different tasks to different people, so that has been really helpful before a show. Um, uh, we'll always have like a group text that um, everyone that's on site, that's part of my main team, will be on. So we really understand what's going on. Day of, and again, some people use Slack. We have Slack in place too, but that didn't really work as well for us because our team's still really small. So it was just easier just to have a group text. And I think, and I'm saying it like these are simple things, and and the reason I'm saying this is because I feel so many people think there's some secret to creating a sustainable business. There isn't. It's just using what you have and figuring it out and developing it the right way for you. We're still changing the layout of our projects on Asana every single month because we don't have it tailored to the correct way that's the most efficient way. But we're not going to figure out what's the most efficient way for our custom needs until we start. Um, another system that we use, uh, is, uh, buffer, you know, for social media. We, um, what other, uh, systems, I mean, there's so many different things I would say like Asana has been definitely game changer. Also Zapier, um, Zapier is less communication between a team and more automation. So we're really looking at what can we automate in our business Um, so our team could focus on things that have to be, you know, really with that personal touch. So Zapier has been really great. So those are some of the main systems.
1: Yeah. And, and those are, you know, we kind of fall under that same umbrella. I mean, we use, we're a small team of five and we use things like Slack. Um, Trello has worked well for us and the same thing, you know, we're still, Utilizing the free version and trying to get every ounce of that that we can use Um, You know, we we joke all the time that we wish that there was one thing that had kind of everything In it so that we didn't have to have Four or five different platforms to have to use but but you're right, you know You kind of figure it out based on what's gonna work best for your team And then once you figure that out, then it becomes all about those systems and processes so that every single project that comes along doesn't have to be 100% unique and custom to you internally. You have different measurements and different checkpoints that you can start to routinely go through, even though projects are going to have their own variables and discrepancies along the way. Everybody kind of knows the the system that everything goes through from start to finish and can kind of tweak it as they need to.
2: Right, and I think that when you're growing a business, I didn't have this until last at end of last year is to have a an SOP and a running SOP. Um, you know, to understand your operations and have it all written down helps tremendously when you're hiring new people because now I could give a new hire, whether they're a part-time person, a contractor, whoever it may be, this SOP for operations or the SOP for marketing or sales, whatever that is. Um, and they can see all of our systems and how we work in one place, have that to return to and really be self-sufficient with that. And because I don't have a lot of time to train people mm-hmm. and that has been difficult because I'm we're bringing on more people. And all we have so many different applications from interns that want to work with us, which is amazing. I mean, I had like seven or eight intern internships throughout college um, and after college. And I think I learned so much in my internships. Um, all of my internships were unpaid and I would do it all over again because that's really what I, where I learned so much. And so I want to give other people that opportunity as well, but I don't have as much time to work one on one because I'm also running this this business that needs my time and effort, and also um, I, I'm being pulled more to, to speak, and you know that's something I'm so passionate about. Traveling more, so it's been very helpful to be able to have the SOP in place. And also, again, going back to that culture thing, one of the things that I always ask in an interview is, do you um, do you thrive working a, like from your house on your own time or in an office setting with people around you. And a lot of people thrive with, you know, office setting and, Mm -hmm. and those people wouldn't be right for us. I mean, I love working with people too. I'm, you know, I'm looking at a co-working space just to have some days where I could get out of the house. But at the same time, I don't need that to thrive. Like I work just as hard and just as, Good, like just in my own office at home. Mm-hmm. So it really comes down to people knowing their themselves, and right. and when, even just on an internship level, they're not going to know that until they try. So so I give them the opportunity to work with us, and then they uh, at the end when I do a review, you know, they may say, "I really enjoyed working with you, but now I know I thrive better in a corporate setting or whatever that may be."
1: Absolutely. Right. And 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 we've talked about that type of thing before too, you know? And even personally, I've found that mine is kind of a mix of both. There are some days when I'll do the best work at between 10 PM and midnight. That's when I can just kind of get in a zone and get something done a lot easier than I can from 8 30 AM to 10 30. And there are some days that are totally fine like that. And then there are other days where I wish we had everybody in one room where we could just kind of whiteboard everything and bounce ideas off of each other a lot quicker than what we can do through Slack or text or Trello or any of those types of programs. So, yeah. and
2: And that's something I'm noticing now. I mean, when my team, I just flew out my whole team to my DC event and it was not every person is like, for my business, you know, a designer doesn't really like, uh, wouldn't necessarily need to be at an event, right? because they're doing design work. So, but for my core people that I want to grow with, I flew them out really for the sole purpose to be face-to-face and have them witness the program and really get immersed into it. And I noticed like how effective it is to brainstorm obviously face-to-face versus on conference calls. And and so I think it's kind of just understanding what you need and also the way that your business works and the w- what you like. I don't like commuting to an office every day. I like doing things on my own time, but now I really enjoy that face-to-face connection and, and time with my team. So now I'm in the, the mindset of, okay, I want to schedule maybe um two retreats a year or one retreat a year with my team okay now i have that implant place that's something i want now i have to work and start the momentum and the process to put it in motion of getting the fund like you know putting funds aside for that because i know it's going to pay off long term right. so it's kind of just th- thinking you know what you want and then just finding ways around it versus Um, being like, oh, I wish my team was all, you know, close to me. Cause of course I've had those thoughts as well.
1: (laughs) Have you noticed any challenges or what kind of approach do you take when it comes to working with your team that they're remote just on your overarching brand on them, understanding what WEX means, how that, how they need to communicate it and kind of aligning vectors on that one common goal so that everybody is, saying the WEX message, everybody believes what you believe and everybody is striving for the same thing?
2: It's sharing it. I mean, every single phone call, I go back to our core why. I go back to what we're doing, why we're doing it, what impact everyone's making. I go back to the vision that I have for all of us uh, because if the company grows, then they grow as well. And that's what I really want my team to understand is like, I'm not, I'm looking to grow with all of you. What, and I always go back to what's your passion? Um, Everyone on my team is an entrepreneur, everyone has other things going on, and that's what keeps them creative. That's what I want, that's what I love. So it's supporting people in what they feel excited about doing and showing them that their work is making an impact. And again, it's just so important to really focus on that vision. And as a leader, I think you can't say it enough.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I love that. Well, so tell us a little bit more about the upcoming. I know you said that there's one in October and then one in November. Um, I wanna make sure that everybody listening can of course follow you on all social media channels, but I want them to also know how they can get engaged, attend, volunteer, you know, apply to speak, any of those kind of things for your upcoming events?
2: Yes. Yeah, so uh, you could visit Women com, and all of the information is there. Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, Wex is happening October 12th. Wex in Fort Lauderdale is happening November 9th tickets are now on sale, early bird pricing, um, speaker applications are still open. Exhibitor applications are still open. If you'd like to partner, collaborate, sponsor, um, you know the emails are all on our website. And again, we're just uh, on social media as well, Women Empower X. So you can really go on our Instagram or on our, our website or Facebook and see even testimonials of women that have come to our event, what they've experienced. And I always say like just invest in yourself. I mean our tickets right now are $30. We're not we're the reason that we make it under 50 is because we want to really make it accessible to as many women as possible. Um all, what we're offering is just as valuable as all these other conferences that are charging a lot more. Uh but we're our mission is a little bit different. And, that, and that's where you have to just understand that if you want something in your life, you need to invest in yourself and invest the time, invest the money, invest in education in online programs, um, investing, listening to podcasts, whatever it is, like go all in on who you are, because that's, what's going to help you accomplish everything you could possibly dream.
1: Alexa, thank you again so much for, again, taking the time to re-record with us today. All of those uh, social media channels, your website, everything like that will be in the show notes as well. Um, If there's anything else that you want to leave our listeners with today, um, let's take those last few minutes and just anything else that you want to leave them with, the floor is yours.
2: Uh, Definitely. So I go live on Instagram and I may be starting to uh, stream it also on Facebook. Um, Every week, I'm still like picking the time because I travel a lot. But if you need that dose of motivation, inspiration, or I basically just share everything I'm currently experiencing and the lessons I'm learning. I'm not um, doing it in a way to give advice, but taking you guys along on the journey with me. Um, And if you're interested, definitely check me out on Instagram, Alexa Rose Carlin, and I'd love to engage with you, interact with you. And if you have any questions whatsoever, DM me on Instagram. That's the easiest and fastest way to get a response. Again, it's just Alexa Rose Carlin.
1: Love it. Thank you again so much for your time. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone
0: for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Also, if you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on Delivering Extra, we'd love to hear from you. Just email David or Nicole at thelandyapgroup.com. You can also submit any questions or comments by following us on Instagram at thelandyapgroup or emailing us directly.